0: we mm-hmm. a very special interview episode of your favorite labor podcast, Work Stoppage. My name is John. I'm Dan. And I'm Lena. And we're an entirely listener-supported show, so thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. If you do, if you're not in the Discord already, hop in there. It's a great place to talk about what you hear on the show. And if you are a patron and you don't have any stickers yet, message us on Patreon and we'll get them to you as fast as possible. If you want to help the show a little bit more, you can leave us a five-star review wherever you think it will help. But we're very lucky to be joined today by a very special guest, Luna Oi, host of a popular YouTube channel and somebody who collaborates with Means TV. Thank you so much for coming on to the show luna
1: hi everybody um i'm luna i'm a vietnamese communist born and living in vietnam i'm currently visiting the usa but i'll be back in my country very soon Uh, it's very great to have a chance to talk to you over here and yes i'm very happy to be here today awesome
0: thank you so much for coming on We're so happy to have Luna Oi, as we said, to talk about unions in Vietnam. If any of our listeners don't know, Luna runs a popular YouTube channel where she does great educational videos about socialism, Vietnamese history, the global class struggle, and even videos on delicious Vietnamese food. Luna has also been a correspondent for Means TV. We've spoken with guests before about union rights in other countries like the United Kingdom, South Africa, Panama, South Korea, and Iran. But this is our first chance to discuss unions in a socialist country, which should really Be fascinating.
2: Yeah, so I kind of wanted to ask at the very beginning if we could maybe have you talk a little bit about the history of labor in Vietnam, so that we could kind of get a little bit of a context as where we are. uh, At least, well, just serve for some context of the present conditions.
1: Mm, Yes, uh, absolutely. So the unions, you know, the workers' unions in Vietnam have been very strong since. 1920s so around that around, around that time in, in 1910s we were heavily you know like colonized by french colonialists and they built like plantations and factories in vietnam and that was when millions of vietnamese farmers and people were forced to work in factories and plantations owned by french and that was why, you know, like, that was like the very brief history of, you know, the, the, the history of workers in Vietnam and why we exist, mostly because of colonialism. And so but around uh, 1920s, when, you know, the working conditions of Vietnamese workers was really terrible and we were exploited and beaten up by French colonialists and also Vietnamese, you know, capitalists who worked for the French. French, So it was really horrible. And at that time, we joined together. And at the same time, I had to to give credit to Ho Chi Minh and the few first communists of Vietnam at that time. We had a lot of workers, you know, fight and resistance in Vietnam, but most of them not follow any ideology because we didn't know better. You know, we're just like, this is too miserable for us and we need to do something. So we just fought, but there was no ideology involved and around 1920s and when Ho Chi Minh and some other communists of Vietnam, you know, they brought communism into the country and we immediately at that moment we knew that this is the way to win. Communism is the way to win. And right from the start, Vietnamese workers follow communism and Marxism and Leninism and we fought really hard in 1920s and actually our very first workers union in Vietnam was formed in around 1927 and 1929 and it was called the Red Union. It was really awesome and it was in the south of Vietnam and from that from that moment until 1930s when the Communist Party of Vietnam was formed in 1940s when we had our communist revolution and then in 1950s and 60s and 70s when we fought against the imperialist USA until today the workers unions in Vietnam have been fighting really hard and we are very strong to this day and uh, nowadays the workers union in Vietnam we call it the general confederation of unions of labor in Vietnam something like that and we have 11 million members very powerful. And we have a political power. The That Confederation of Labour is um, independent from the government and the Communist Party, kind of equal power and have mm-hmm. a political power. And yes, and the point of right, right now, about 90% of Vietnamese workers are unionized. And our goal is by the next few years, that number will be 100%. That is official goal of Vietnam. Yep, that is a brief history and the situation of workers in Vietnam.
2: In the next few years in to get to 100. Week, yes. That's a pretty bold yes. goal. Uh yeah. so that kind of leads into the next one is, is we wanted to ask how widespread the union movement was, which I guess you've kind of uh just let yeah. us in. <laughs> but like uh so all workers in Vietnam Vietnam have a uh, the right to form a union?
1: Absolutely. It is a written right in the laws, the labor law in Vietnam that one of the five basic right of workers in Vietnam is to form a union. And also another thing is very important that even though, um, you know, like they are, uh you know, like about 90%, as I said, about 90% of Vietnamese workers are unionized, but you do not need to be a union to be protected by the mm. law. So that is how it works. So 100% of workers in Vietnam are protected by our labor law.
3: Yeah. Watching your, your video that you did uh, on the situation with labor in Vietnam, Luna, one of the things that was really striking to me, you know, is since we cover the labor movement, we try and cover as much of the world as we can. But, of course, we're mostly focusing on conditions in the U.S. And one of the things that was just stood out to me so much about the differences between the two systems is the barrier for forming a union is just so much lower <laughs> in Vietnam like you mention in the video that all it takes at any company in Vietnam is for five workers to want a union they fill out some paperwork and then it's required that they be recognized by the company and that's just like so different than the situation here a million times better for workers because like so much of what we end up covering in our like weekly episodes is just the fight by workers in the US just to to get that union recognition, not even the whole struggle for a contract or struggle over issues on the shop floor, just to get the union recognized, so can you talk a little bit about like how the socialist government in Vietnam makes it easier for workers to form unions and tries to help, like as you said, to get to that ninety percent penetration and even potentially a hundred percent to have every worker truly yeah. have a union,
1: yeah. Yes, um, so I will state it one more time because, like, our situation is very different from your situation. So I want our audience to understand, you know, like, c- clearly what's going on in Vietnam. Uh, as I said, 90% of Vietnamese workers are unionized and 10% are not. But, and the funny part is that, that 10%, they all work in, you know, capitalist private-owned sector. So we are cracking this down hard and try to make, like, 100% of workers will be in Vietnam unionized and but also again 100% of workers are protected by the law no matter what they join the unions or not and another funny part is that like no matter you know like as long as a company is established in Vietnam that company will have to pay union fee Mm. It doesn't matter if they act, act, they actually have an ongoing union or not. They have to pay the union fee. So that is how we, you know, like we kind of try to force capitalists, you know, companies to 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 pay for this. And our goal is in the next few years we will get 100%. And I I don't think that this is like any ambitious goal to Vietnam because we already have a 90, so it's not very hard. So to answer your question, how easy it is. To, you know, start a union and to join a union in Vietnam, it is extremely easy. You don't even know how easy it is. So, so in when a company like, for example, when a new company uh, was established within six months, that company, the workers in that company will form a union by themselves. And if they want to do that, they need they will go to the local. A union in their local area where the companies uh, started, and they will talk to that people, and the people will give them instruction and all the help that they need to officially form a union in their workplace. And after, like, okay, they got all the instruction. So every workers who want to join that union, will have to write a letter. You know, the letter to like, I want to join this union, blah blah blah, and then the the, the union will. Collect the, those letters, and they start a congress, a union congress in that uh, workplace, and with the workers will vote for the exec- executive board, and that is it. And like ten or fifteen days after that congress, the 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 the, the union department in that local area would, you know, um, officially recognize a union, and they're gonna be a part of the system of union of Vietnam, and that's just. And if within six months and workers in that company still hasn't started their own union, the union, the local union will come to that company Mm -hmm. and talk to the workers and persuade them to start their own union. So... That's how it works in
0: here. So quite the opposite to what we see in the United States, where every attempt to unionize is so, um, you know, uh, repressed and discouraged. Quite the opposite. Whereas, like, if the workers in Vietnam aren't quick enough about starting their union, the union shows up and they're like, hey, let's get this going because it's time. Exactly. Makes a big difference. (laughs)
2: That's really interesting. Uh, It does kind of the way that you're describing it definitely sounds not only different in like how easy it is, but also kind of in the structure of how the unions are, you know, established. Could you maybe explain a little bit about the actual structure of unions in in Vietnam? Because, uh, yeah, there's it definitely sounds a, a little bit different.
1: Yeah. So our structure in Vietnam is something hybrid between trade union and industrial union, you know. So it is something like, you know, something in between that, a hybrid of that. And also it's more like cynicalism. It means that in the the lowest level that we have a grassroots unions, which is each of the working place is one union contain all of the workers in the working place. And then also at the same time, we have, you know, a district labor of union. We call it like actually the district level of confederation of labor, you know, that contain all the unions in that district. And mm-hmm. then we have a provincial confederation of labor contain all the district level of it. And then we have a 63 province. So we have a 63 provincial Confederations of labor. And altogether we have a a general national confederation of labor. At the same time, we also have, you know, the trade union. We have right now we have about 20 different trade unions, cover about 20 different sectors of our industry. So one workers can join many unions. They can join the union in their workplace. They can join the union in the sector that they are part of like like electrician or like farmer or agriculture. So it's more like cynicalism, means that a worker can join as many unions as possible as long as their benefits are you know, like close to that kind of sector. So they all under the umbrella of one big general confederation of labor. And we have a total 11 million members and we have a political power. We make political decisions and we have a more than double of the members than the Communist Party of Vietnam.
4: Well, wow.
3: Yeah. Like that's, that's so impressive. And, and it actually kind of gets into, I think, uh, debunking a little bit, uh, one of the common misconceptions that. I've heard people, you know, whenever we talk about unions in socialist countries, there there get there's always this very dismissive attitude like, "Oh, those are just state unions. They're not real unions." But what you're describing is is very much the opposite of that. While of course, you know, the unions may work with the communist party because of course they share the same ultimate goal. Yeah. But They're not the same organization and what you're describing, you know, with that union structure is a very powerful, like independent, you know, base for the working class in Vietnam to be able to to carry out its, you know, political goals. So can you explain the way that that, you know, that the state doesn't control the unions, but it does help empower them to do their job of protecting workers?
1: yeah absolutely i mean i heard that argument too you know like those ding dong liberals they just don't (laughs) know nothing about you know the actual you know system in vietnam and they just like you know speak out of their total ignorance and instead of just like go and ask and maybe learn before they talk they just assume that unions in vietnam is the same as in the west which is totally different workers union in vietnam is a part of our political power It is very powerful and it is equal and independent to the government of Vietnam and to the Communist Party of Vietnam. And as I said, even have a double of members And the Communist Party of Vietnam, 11 million people. Meanwhile, the Communist Party of Vietnam only have like 5.2 million members. So like that. And at the same time, the power of the unions in Vietnam is recognized in our constitution, you know. It is protected by the law and it's recognized by our constitution. And it says that the working class of Vietnam is protected by the constitution. And it is a social political organization, and it can make political decision. And it must as an equal power, you know, entity with the government in Vietnam. And we did, and you know, like. Every year and every five years we have, uh, you know, the the Confederation of Labor in Vietnam have our own Congress, which uh, contain like a few thousand of representatives coming from all over the country. And we talk about the workers' right in Vietnam. And at the same time, we build our own laws to protect our workers. And that is why we have pretty really good, you know, m- uh, maternity leave and paternity leave and with fun. Like payment of food, salaries, and allowance, and you know, um, pregnant women in Vietnam cannot be fired. If any company find out that they fire a worker because they're pregnant, that worker can sue the company, and they will win, and they will receive protection from the the union. So, like, yeah, it is very strong, and you don't mess workers union in Vietnam at the same time the unions you know the workers union and also the women's union work together very closely so like that it's very interesting
0: yeah, it's interesting that you have these large, you know, powerful entities that are worker-led and and like grassroots kind of organizations, compared to you know, for comparison, in the United States, the only large, powerful entities I can think of that influence the way that our laws operate and our country runs are all private corporations and their <sighs> lobbyists.
1: <laughs> it's really, really sad. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah.
3: And so, just to to try and just to get through like one last round of myths about about state unions in socialist countries. You know, of course, with Vietnam having a socialist market economy where you've got both capitalist enterprises, but also socialist state-owned enterprises operating in the same space, uh, is there any difference – to the way that the unions operate, like in either the publicly owned state sector versus the private sector. And I'm thinking specifically because one of the other things you'll always hear is, well, they may have unions, but the unions aren't allowed to strike if they're at a state-run enterprise. And so can you explain like, if there's any difference between workers unionizing at either state-owned or, or privately-owned enterprises?
1: Yeah. Um, yes, the answer is no, there's no difference between state-owned and private-owned. And it's all because they're all under, you know, the protection of the Confederation of Labour, which is totally independent from everything. So, yeah, you we treat all the unions the same. And uh, also, like, the reason why that mostly only workers in private sectors, you know, private-owned companies, they strike, well, because they suck. Their companies <laughs> suck capitalism sucks that's why they continuously strike and workers instead on companies say they have a pretty decent they got pro- good protection so they don't strike that is just the fact and it is, it is and we recognize that yes we recognize that there are a lot of strikes in private sector in Vietnam, and we always trying to help the workers in this situation i mean strikes is a very common thing in Vietnam. Nearly every single day in Vietnam, there's going to be some strike somewhere because our workers have a very high class consciousness. And if there's anything that they don't agree with, they strike. Because strike is the most powerful way for workers to say no to the corporation. They work for So, for example, in my hometown a few years ago, my thousands of workers in a factory in my hometown strike because, can you guess, they want a roof for their parking lot and they've been asking for that and the company didn't build the roof for their parking lot and their uh, vehicles like didn't got protected under the sunlight and the rain and they strike and the company build a roof for it it's just <laughs> as simple as that or if the food are not good you know the quality of food not good for their lunch they strike and ask for better food and yes the company have it to say yes We got like how can they say no to that and yeah it's just from very similar thing as that we always strike so if I mean, lots of people, you know, again, ding dong liberals say like, "Oh, <laughs> Vietnam is. What if Vietnam is such a good country? Why do you people strike so much? Like, I mean, what are you talking about? It means it, it's good <laughs> because we have a good class consciousness. We want better working conditions, and we, when we don't have it, we strike."
0: Well, exactly. and they'll 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 try to wield it against you either way. Either you strike too much, and it must not be that good, or you don't strike enough, and you must be controlled by the government. And there's no exactly. winning with those liberals. Yes, so. There's
1: no winning. There's yeah. no winning. Yeah, <laughs> and you
2: you mentioned food. Uh, is it common that workplaces provide food for the workers? Because we were just joking, and Dan and I were joking before the thing that there's like. What employee appreciation day is coming up tomorrow? Yeah. yeah, yeah, my my
3: my office, they're they're all like, oh, everybody get all excited! We're buying everyone pizza one time
1: oh my gosh. <laughs> for the whole year. Wait a minute, so company providing food is uh, uncommenting over there?
0: Very. Yeah. My my whole job is driving around putting food in vending machines so that employees at other workplaces have to pay to buy it out of the oh machine. Gosh. Yeah.
1: Oh wow. Okay, it's opposite here. So I mean, what? <laughs> so mostly like all the big, you know, big company, big factories, but they all have free lunch, and oh, all, wow. and also free, you know, like snack to you know three or four p.m. like milk or some snack. Yes, they all have that. Yes, and all free. And usually in the, I've been working in many different company and also. In the small companies we do not have free lunch like that. But we have a lunch allowance and also uh the company always have you know the a canteen, small canteen with like, you know, free drink, coffee and also, you know, some ovens for workers, but like mostly it's just in small companies, in big companies we always have free lunch. Like mm. like that, I mean. Yeah.
2: Wow. That's re- <laughs> that's awesome honestly.
3: But mean, meanwhile in the US we live by the dystopian uh, cliche there's no such thing as a free lunch oh. which is obviously not true <laughs> because <laughs> under socialism clearly there you is free lunch. lunch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I have a, one more question. How long is your lunch break over there?
0: Oh it depends a lot of people don't even technically get one but it's yeah. usually a half hour yeah, sometimes if you're hour. if you have a really good if you work for the state you might get an hour paid lunch but that's well, the best you could possibly get
2: oh, I mean I paid see. lunch is pretty rare also I mean you, mm-hmm. that is a uh something that I have never experienced in my life is a paid lunch
1: Yeah I did I did experience free lunch. It was pretty awesome, not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> and also in Vietnam, a bare minimum time to rest uh, for lunch break is one hour and a half. That's a bare minimum.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. <laughs> and I'm just getting very jealous.
1: <laughs> so we usually spend 30 minutes to eat and another hour to take a nap.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> I need that. Wow. That's uh, extremely terrible. jealous.
2: <laughs> so to to uh, kind of keep going on track, uh, when it comes to the strikes that actually do happen, uh, wh- how is it that the government really responds to strikes? Because here in the United States, the police routinely break strikes, help companies fight against uh, workers who are organizing or just union organizers in general. Uh, wh- what is it like... There And do the police act as uh, part of the government to either inhibit or help the workers?
1: Yeah, sure. So this is how the government deal with when a strike happens. When a strike happens, a few hundreds or even a few thousand of workers in a factory strike, immediately the news will come to the local confederation of labor in that area, and they immediately will send representative to that workplace where people strike and to talk to the workers over there and to talk to the company too, to try to fight figure out what's going on and what the workers want and what's the company's answer and usually the workers will have their answer and will have their demands met in two or three days in a matter of two or three days only very quick like wow. that because you know like you know the local Confederation of labor with The representatives coming from directly unions in that workplace and the workers over there and will talk directly to the company and settle this situation down and the workers strikes just win nearly all the time and have all their demands met and about cops they're not actually that important i mean i show you a bunch of pictures in my video you can just go look usually in the strike sometimes you can spot out some like green uniform in the middle of the you know of the strikers and they're just hanging around the point is that they there to just make sure that there's gonna be no violence and that's it
0: oh wow our cops show up specifically to bring violence,
1: oh my y- gosh yes yeah it's awful it's I, yeah
3: like like for instance that there was there's a there was a strike right by me that I was going to do support for from the party branch that I'm in and this was a bunch of workers that work for DHL, so they're, they're transportation workers. And they'd been on strike for, I think at this point, probably about three months.
1: Wow. And That's unheard of in Vietnam.
3: Yeah. Well, they ended, it ended up being even longer than that. This was wow. in the middle of the strike. And the police had had a presence on the picket line every single day, constantly harassing workers. And one day they just decided, you know we don't like the fact that these workers are loud and they've been picketing and they're saying mean things to the, to the bosses. So they just pepper sprayed the whole picket line for no reason. There was no violence. They just did that because again, in in here our cops are on the side of the bosses. Whereas of course in Vietnam, it's the opposite situation, but it's just to emphasize like the huge difference, like just by removing that, part of repression by yeah. having the state actually controlled in the interest of the workers,
1: yeah.
3: you it makes the the power that collective workers have in strikes so much more powerful.
1: Yeah, it's so powerful. That only happened in two, three days and their demands are met. We don't even strike longer than that. You don't even need to.
2: Yeah, right. but you did say, so There are there cases where workers' demands are not met is there is there cases where... It's yeah, like sometimes
1: it's uh-huh. yeah, sometimes it's compromise. Yeah, sometimes it's compromise. It's never the case where the company just, you know, refuse and dismiss everything. No, it never happened. Sometimes it's compromise. For example, like, like the workers want a better lunch and they want this much. They have the company say, okay... I'm sorry, but like our financial situation cannot do that, so we can just like do this, and then they ask for the workers, look like, okay, that's acceptable, and then they', like, okay, it's sad. It's like see this is settled out, something like that. But like most of the time, all the demands are met. Because like most of the time, the demands of the workers are very reasonable. The company has no have no reason to say no, but there's very, very few cases that we have a compromise like that. Yeah.
2: And when the company says that they can't afford it for some reason. Is there a burden of proof on the company to actually show that they can't? Yes, the company it because- will have it to
1: show. The company will have it to show to the local confederation uh, of labor, and then also there's going to be accountant coming from the state involved in that to prove that they actually could not afford that, so they can yeah. That's
3: so That's- cool.
1: <laughs> I,
2: we can't eat, like to ask a company here to open up their books is like pulling teeth. Like they are absolutely not going to uh, allow that even for a moment, unless mandated by a judge, which that would never happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow! But so you know, we've talked a
3: little bit about you know how powerful the unions are in Vietnam. You've you've mentioned that you know they've they've already gotten to ninety percent unionization, which is so impressive. And, and I love that they're you know not stopping there. They've got that goal of, of 100%. That's so good. But one of the things that I was hoping we could touch on a little bit, because I'm, I'm curious to hear if perhaps there's been maybe some changes in this situation since you originally recorded your video. Uh, one of the things that often happens in the US that we've talked about, and this is one of the few places it seemed like there might be a parallel, is that There has been issues with like gig workers, for instance, like Uber drivers, where they get misclassified as independent contractors instead of employees, and that can make it very difficult to unionize. And I know that you mentioned there had been some struggles with that, although, of course, in Vietnam, even in the situation, if you were misclassified that way, you're still a worker, you're still protected by the Vietnamese labor code, but... I know you mentioned that there was some gig workers in Vietnam who had had some similar issues. And I'm curious, like, is that still an issue that's kind of being hammered out? Or has there been some changes that make it easier for gig workers to unionize?
1: Sure. Yes. Uh, Vietnam's version of Uber is Grab in Vietnam. And yes, we had the same situation a few years ago. And... And they yes, as you said, they found loophole. And instead of signing labor contract, they signed partner contract with those mm. drivers. And technically, they're not workers, so therefore they're not protected by the laws. So now, to in order to crack down that situation, we um, into and last year we announced a new set of law in the labor law in vietnam is called like workers can join can start their own employee representative organization which is again independent from the unions the workers union already exists and independent from you know the government the state quote unquote too so yeah i mean and that and under that law is like anybody who work for any kind of enterprise or any business or company, can have their own representative organization like that. It doesn't matter what kind of contract they sign. So, and they are protected by the law, and they work with the unions and they work with the state too. I mean, it's like that. So we crack it up. So that is why, like, you don't hear anything about the strikes coming from Greek workers in Vietnam because we have protection already. it.
3: Wow, that's a government being responsive. To the needs of the workers, what a crazy idea! Because <laughs> uh, yeah, there has been long fights over that here, and in fact, unfortunately, a lot of places are going in the wrong direction. Where you'll have some, like some states, I believe, like Washington State last year, actually passed a law going the other direction, where they're basically uh, writing into law that gig workers are not employees, that what? they are independent contractors, and that they are
2: not allowed to unionize. And holy smokes. So, I
1: didn't know that. It's yeah. really-
2: and, yeah, and if they do try to unionize, it's considered uh like what, what creating some sort of like racket or 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 some sort of like uh price fixing i believe is what it's called
3: it's It's a violation of antitrust laws because oh, the each worker is counted as a contracting business, and so they say they're coming together to do price fixing oh on the price of labor it's It's just a complete warping of what antitrust is supposed to be about
1: it's also much like a dystopia.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a lot about the U S that's like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so good to hear though. Cause that's the thing is we, it gets in the U S this gets presented as just the normal state of things and that this is how things are everywhere. And I think it's so important to have these examples that like, no, it doesn't have to be like that, and that there are places, like in Vietnam, where workers are not accepting, you know, that any group of workers should be barred from having a union are and are fighting back, and that there are places yeah. where the government is actually willing to work with them on that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And again, like, you don't need to form or join a union to be protected. Every single mm-hmm. one is protected, so... It just seems like that. And I mean, it's great because Vietnam can have this much power for our workers because we've been fighting mm-hmm. for it for a hundred years, literally hundreds of years. And luckily we won our revolution. We won our wars against you know, colonialism and imperialism. That is why we have this much power. And, you know, I mean, you know, socialism is the way to go. Sorry
2: hell yeah absolutely <laughs> uh to go to our next question though uh kind of due to the pandemic here in the US a lot of workers have kind of recognized some of the real problems and given you know themselves a little bit of self-respect to you know the conditions that are going on and have been like not going into certain like lower paying jobs with no benefits and so it's been h- harder to for these like really exploitative companies to hire for these really shitty jobs and so in response the capitalist state here has attempted to roll back child labor protections allowing kids as young as 13 to work in industrial manufacturing and other dangerous jobs i was wondering if maybe you could tell us a little bit about if uh, Vietnam's socialist government uh, prevents things like this or has other sorts of uh, ways of protecting against child labor or other sorts of, of exploitative business practices like that?
1: Yeah, sure. So child labor is has been... A big problem all over the world and of course in vietnam too and vietnam is still a developing country so it is really tough for us to deal with nowadays according to our official statistics we have about a million children who are working every day in vietnam which is which is which is like we acknowledge this and we talk about this a lot in our national assembly so there are mostly are two main ways for us to fight against this the first is by you know we have our whole set of law to like you know to talk a lot about child labor and to state like how and when and where a kid can work, you know, and they will have to have this protection. They still have uh, to make sure that they can have a time to go to class and go to school and have a health care for free and something like that. And the other way I think that is more important is that we deal with child labor by Giving help for families and their parents, I think that this is the way to deal with the situation from the root, from the core. Because why do a kid have to work? It's because they have to support their family. That is why we go and we help the from the family directly. We we usually like many many times it happened. I saw it like like if we found out that a kid has to work and they would go, they would inform the local government. Where they live, local government will go to their family and to find out situation that they have, especially their financial situation. The local government will offer to have some um, money from the local budget, and then have five have five uh, jobs for their parents, and also give like free uh scholarship to the children so they can go to school for free or some help like that. So, I mean, we are fixing this problem from both ways, from, like, creating, making laws that will protect the children and also helping them from the family level so they don't have to, the families don't force them to go to work, which is hard because, like, a lot of rural family in Vietnam, uh, like, super brutal and they're still very conservative and some of them still believe that eh, as children and kids do not need to go to school. This just all they need to do is still work in the farm to feed the family, which is yes, we we are fighting against this really hard. And so we're now educating them about how education is very important to a child and you need to, you know, let them go to school and you're worried about your money situation, okay, here's a job that you can do and here's the salary and you, so you can receive this allowance every month to raise your kids and your, your kids can go to school for free. So please do that. So yeah, I mean, we are fighting against that very really, really hard. And I, hopefully in the next, I mean, by 2030, we can deal with that situation.
2: I mean it's really great that you're proactively moving to actually address the situation cuz as I kind of stated in the question we're doing the exact opposite and we're trying to exacerbate the number of children who are forced to work and I feel this to be really important as a kid who was forced to work because my family was poor like I I understand how you know people can end up in that situation but I'm I'm just you know it's good to see that you know in some somewhere in the world that there are actually people fighting for a better life for kids. And, you know, the people who are going to end up running society.
1: Yeah, exactly. This, uh, children are our future. And, yes, very important. And, yes, and we do realize that, hey, we are not utopia. We have uh, many problems. And one of it is child labor. And we are cracking this really hard. So please give us some time.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the, the... the... Two pronged way of approaching it, I, th- I think, is is really impressive. Is trying to go at both the exploitation from the companies, but also, as you said, like addressing those root causes. That's an aspect we almost uh, the addressing of these root causes be, are, are basically never done here because that would require us to acknowledge where those root causes tend to come from, which here in the you know U.S. Mm-hmm. is mostly from the capitalists who run our government. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, but, you know, kind of in a, a little bit of a similar vein, you know, we've talked about the, 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 rights of, of children. You had mentioned earlier when we were discussing the women's committees that are part of the union movement. And I thought that was one of the like, most interesting parts of your video. I it, was, it was really cool. Can you tell us a bit how, how that works and, and some of the rights that, that women workers in Vietnam have won since the victory of the revolution?
1: Sure. So, yes, um, as I said earlier, a little bit about our women's union. Our women's union is another entity that is independent and have a political power. And every woman in Vietnam who are like older than 18 automatically a part of our women's union. And it is so powerful <laughs> that you don't mess with women's union in Vietnam and women's union. We, we The problem that we have in society still having is domestic violence and women's Mm -hmm. union be fighting against this real hard. We have a a secret homes for victims of domestic violence in Vietnam. And whenever something happens, there's a hotline and women just need to call and there's going to be help and not just help from that women's union like the women's union also because they are very powerful they have an actual like political power so they have like lawyers they know who you should talk to they know the court they know the judge and you know they know exactly how to help a woman and it's just very helpful my own cousin got help from women's union now a local area and i am like, very thankful for that help because Uh, A little bit of a background story of my cousin, she got married to a very toxic guy. And when she got pregnant and she gave birth to a little girl, she tried to divorce him because he was so violent. Um, And his family, his family stole the like two months old little girl, stole the child from her. Wow. And, and like, force her to like, you cannot divorce me. If you divorce me, you will lose this child. And my, my cousin cried for days on end. I don't know what to do, didn't know what to do. And she asked me and he's like, hey, contact to the local, like, women's union over there and they will help, like, blah, 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 blah. And she did. And then, you know what? She did win the divorce court and the the women's union pushed heavy pressure to the father, her father-in-law. He was so scared that he would lose his career that he forced his own son to give back the kid, say yes to the divorce and say bye-bye forever. And she won everything. And that was it. It just she got so everything was deal with within a month or something like that. Is that how it was? How powerful a women's union was? So like, yeah, I my family member got a really help from that, and because of that, uh, about the women committee in actual workers union. So, <clears throat> and if in a union you have more than ten workers who are women, you can form a in your own women's union that just deal with everything related to women workers like their laws okay their benefits their own rights or something like that if they have a less than 10 uh women workers they can those workers they can vote for their own member that like how do you explain this like those less than 10 women workers together vote for one you know leader that can be will be in the executive board to take care of women workers in that union, something like that. And uh, mostly we, um, you know, we, uh, we care for each other. We talk to each other to care for our, you know, mental health to mental life too. And also educate female workers, women workers about what right we have. And that's the thing that we have right now is I, I like it a lot. Is that every woman workers right now, In uh, they can have a thirty minutes break in the day of their menstruation period. Thirty minutes every day, fully paid.
2: Wow, that's that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah, that's like you. I think you tell people here in the U.S. that, and they would just like have trouble believing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Just. You have, when you have actual power, you know, when the workers have actual power, you can have a 30 minutes break fully paid in your maturation period. That's amazing. I do need it. We do need it, right? Yeah. Damn.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's the sort of thing that after you, you think about it for a minute, you're like, oh, yeah, of course that makes sense. Hmm? But we're just, it's so ingrained that, like, the company that we work for just owns our time that it's 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 I think difficult for a lot of folks to envision like the sort of society in which that's not just like available it's considered the baseline normal because of the successful struggles of you know the women workers of Vietnam yeah. and and kind of on that same vein uh, you know, we've talked a little bit on this already where, uh, you know, you've talked about some of the things that workers have won through strikes, you know, things like free lunch, uh, or that, the, the carport to yeah. cover their vehicles. Yeah. Uh, and in your video, but you talk about some of the other worker protections that workers have won via like the labor code. So things like a hard cap on the amount of overtime, yeah. that workers can be asked to perform, the right to paid maternity leave, and things like that. Can you tell us about some of the the many rights and benefits that Vietnamese workers have won over the years?
1: Yeah, okay. So there are, I can tell you, like there are some basic, basic rights that workers have in Vietnam Trust, just like the right to work in a non-discrimination workplace. You know, no forced labor and no sexual harassment in the workplace. And you know, the the right to join in start a new union of course or employee representative organizations and then I know like okay uh, so the right to strike and also the right to be to have a maternity leave and maternity leave with allowance and fully paid something like that and also the right to have insurance. this is a very important I want to talk a little bit about it. So, uh, workers in Vietnam, we will have insurance, including of three different kinds of insurance: social insurance that related to your retirement, you have health insurance, and you have unemployment insurance. And the whole package of these three insurance are equal to is equal to twenty six percent of the worker's salary, but the workers only have to pay eight percent. The other 18% wow. paid by the company. So imagine you only pay for 8% of your income. You have all three insurance, social insurance, health insurance, and unemployment insurance. And especially about health insurance, you only pay around one5 uh, 1.5% of the salary. And you will have a health insurance that will pay to from 80 to 100% of all of your medical bills. That's how it works in Vietnam.
3: Yeah, that's uh quite a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> than than here in the US. Yeah, I I just because it's one of those things that I think is can be difficult sometimes for folks who have been, you know, so because we just get bombarded with propaganda in here in the US, where I think it can be really difficult for folks to reckon with the fact that, you know, workers in a developing country like Vietnam that has seen, you know, so much hardship and oppression from imperialist powers over the last century that, no, workers in that country do in fact have a lot more rights and benefits on the job than than workers here in the U.S. And and I think that's something that a lot of folks really struggle Yeah. To accept,
1: yeah, the medical bills he always yes is cr- is totally unaffordable. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. how you survive. I really don't. Even though in Vietnam we do not have free health care yet, but in Vietnam around ninety-two percent of our population have health insurance that will pay for from at least eighty to one hundred percent of our medical bills, and mm-hmm. we will have one hundred percent very soon in the next few years. And um, yeah, and besides, you know, we have a 92% of people have a insurance, but we have a very powerful national health insurance that I am having one and I only pay uh, less than $30 a year for that health insurance <laughs> and pay from wow. 80 to 100%. Is how it works like that.
2: Yeah, uh, that's incredibly impressive. And I guess to, uh, I kind of wanted to ask, we have talked a little bit about some of the, the the struggles that are being addressed. Is there anything that we haven't quite hit on that maybe is important to take into consideration for the material conditions of, of workers there that maybe are struggles or even uh, current triumphs that are really important to point out?
1: Yeah. So the current, the biggest obstacle right now for, um, you know, the Confederation of Labour in Vietnam is to get 100% of workers unionized. And as I said, 90% and 90% are already unionized and the 10% are not unionized and they are all in private sector, which is uh, a big problem. And then most of them are usually like, you know, they either work in a company that less than six months old, so they haven't formed one yet, or they work in a super small private Business that less than five workers, something like that, and we are we are working a new set of laws, something to try to have a hundred percent workers unionized. But I mean, yeah, and of course, you know, capitalists fighting against this is really freaking hard. You mm-hmm. know, to not get this passed. So yeah, that's the obstacle that we're working, and also at the same time we're fighting against, you know, the control of capitalists in our sector to make the working conditions for the workers worse and worse and worse and we're doing that by empowering more and more power to our unions and you know to workers representative organizations So, so yeah and also child labor a big problem that's still going on right here i mean and also we i personally want to have a longer alternative leave because i is i want to stay home more than 180 days so yeah and have a higher allowance or something or so i want to have all you know 100 free health care for everybody so that is the problems that vietnam is dealing with and oh well, poverty is also a big problem because poverty is directly relate to you know child labor and also the working conditions to vietnamese people. and we are Cracking down on poverty now in Vietnam. Right now, our extreme poverty rate is two point seventy five percent, and in the next few years, by two thousand twenty five, we will eliminate extreme poverty. Wow! So, yes, only that's two point seventy five percent to go. So
3: that's I mean, it's it's so inspiring to be able to hear you know about the thing, the genuinely incredible things you know that that workers can accomplish when united and, and empowered to struggle for their collective interest. Uh, because I think here in the West where again, so much of the, what's actually happening in socialist countries like Vietnam, like Cuba, like any of the other actually existing socialist, uh, you know, countries, we just get propaganda. We don't hear anything about what's actually going on. So this is, this is the sort of stuff that, people in the u.s never hear about and instead all we hear about is you know unions are obsolete or like all this you know capitalist hustle and grind culture that just burns people out and 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 helps keep the system as broken as it is so i think it's really been wonderful to be have the opportunity for uh, and thank you again so much for coming on the show so that our listeners can hear about like you know, we talk about how hard it is to form a union here in the U.S., and it is.
1: Yes, yeah.
3: But look at the example of Vietnam for the sort of thing that United Workers can create. And I because because like all those benefits that you listed, and of course, you know, Vietnam is still developing. Yeah. It's still building its productive forces. There's a lot, as you said, there's a lot of, of struggles left to go. But the progress, I think, is incredible and speaks for how socialism really is you know the only path towards a, a future society
1: yeah I mean it truly is socialism and communism is the only answer because capitalism never the answer capitalism just exploit the workers and just make things worse so they can have more profits to a handful of super rich capitalists no and Vietnam it is not the what Vietnam has today does not just come out, fall out from the skies. We've mm-hmm. been fighting for this for generations, for literally hundreds of years. And do not give up. Do not give up. You know, it's, I know it's hard over there. I know it's, 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 it's miserable over there. Just, yes, Vietnam went through all of that. Vietnam went through all of that. We were enslaved and colonized for hundreds of years by French colonialists. And we were forced to work in plantations for those colonialists, like super racist and violent, and we had to fight for this. I believe that you can do the same thing too. Vietnam is still just a baby step in our past to build socialism. And such a baby step is just so much better mm-hmm. for workers our workers already like imagine if we can somehow you know end capitalism and create a society where workers and where proletariat really control our faith you know and how awesome it would be to Vietnam it's just like a teeny tiny bit stem is so much better than the dystopia in the west as in the USA you know and as I said many times we are not perfect there's still a long way to go and we still have problems to fix but at least the workers in Vietnam we have you know the power, the foundation for our fight and continue in the future, continue our goal. Meanwhile in the West, you yes, you are in our situation like hundreds of years ago, and I hope and I strongly believe that together you can win this fight. Together you can end capitalism. You but you must you must work together. You must unite together. You must end individualism because individualism is the biggest obstacle, as I believe, to stop you from unionizing with each other. You have to fight against that, but once you you, you unionize, have a solidarity with each other, join the hands, you are much, much more powerful together than being alone. Yeah.
2: Wow. That, that Honestly, very inspiring, and thank you so much because the the point about it being a small step, I think, is is really important. That a lot of people are highly critical; they want this, you know, utopian, perfect system magically immediately, and it's just not materialist. It's not. It's not real. A uh, way that we understand the world, and I really appreciate you coming and putting this into actual context for us. And the actual, and we kind of glossed over it a little bit. The actual where vietnam comes from when it comes to the struggle you talk about the colonialism but in your videos you go over that a lot more and people can go and check those out and and learn a lot more about the actual like oppression that the vietnamese people have suffered at the hands of the imperialists and i know that you do a very good job at going over that and so i guess this is a perfect opportunity uh would you like to plug anything including your show and let anyone know where they can find you or other things that you want to talk about
1: um, yes, everybody, you can find me, uh, at Luna Oi on YouTube or Luna Oi on Means TV. I also. You know, Luna on Twitter and Instagram too. And yeah, please check out my videos. And I just put a new series of video where I talk about democratic centralism, which is a very you know common and important principles for you know organizations of Marxist learners and communists. And I, it'll be amazing if you can you spend some time and learn about how we works and maybe give you some options of your future society, something like that. I mean, it just you know, food for thought. Uh, It's uh, really great to have a chance to talk to you. And yeah, the solidarity best is for you. And I strongly believe that together you will win.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here on the show with us. It really is uh, honestly a great joy. And if you'd like to support our show, for one, go and talk go and go and support Luna. We we definitely want to endorse supporting Luna and yeah, all yeah, of her work. Uh but if you'd like to support us directly, you can go do that at patreon.com slash stoppage. as an entirely listener supported show. We appreciate that. Jump in the Discord and talk to us. Uh, you know, see what really inspired you about this uh, interview. And uh I guess follow us in all the places you can find all of our links at workstoppagepod.com. And as always, labor peace is not in our interest, and solidarity forever.
0: Solidarity.
3: Solidarity, everybody.
0: Solidarity.
4: Từ thành phố tới nơi rừng xa thang, xung hộp về đây vang khúc hát cộng Cộng đoàn Việt Nam xây dựng nước non tươi về lời giai cấp công nhân vì chủ nghĩa xã hội ta đi tới nào bạn ơi ta quang bài ca công đoàn việt nam cuộc sống của ta cùng đoàn kết duy cờ vô liền phía đội ngũ công đoàn lớn mạnh cùng nhau đi tới xây dựng việt nam yêu dầu vì ngày mai kia lên bạn ơi Việt Nam vang mãi bài ca, cùng đoàn kết dân tộc khắp miền. Vì tổ quốc chúng ta thiêng lên cùng, cùng nhau thể đắng thắm tổ nước non này. Từ thành phố Tây đối rừng xa thờ, xuồng họp về đây vang khúc hát công đoàn. Công đoàn Việt Nam xây dựng nước non tươi đẹp, cùng nhau đi tới bước dưới cờ đang Quang vinh. Của người lao động vì quyền lời sai cốt công, công nhân vì chủ nghĩa xã hội ta đi tới. nào bạn ơi, hát vang bài ca công đoàn Việt Nam cuộc sống của ta cùng đoàn kết dìu cờ muôn liềm đội ngu công đoàn lớn mạnh cùng nhau đi tới xây dựng Việt Nam yêu dấu vì ngày mai Mai ca, cùng hấp Vì tổ quốc chúng ta thiết lên cùng nhau tổ nước non này.